1: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
2: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
3: Welcome to episode 222 of Knife Talk, the, well, the only podcast for those interested in knives, hosted by myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and the great Mareko Marmasi of Marmasi Fire Arts. We're here every Monday morning with a new show where we answer your questions, and we have a little bit of fun, basically, so it's good to have you along for the ride. Guys, how are you? Doing good. Pretty
2: good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Well, Mareko, you're on, like, vacation. No, how you feel? Are you, feeling? No, are you out of vacation? I'm back. I'm You're back. back so tell us about the vacation
4: it was good but it felt long <laughs> especially after i <I'd> just <laughs> been out uh you know out on vacation kind of in a way down in in like the south southeast um and so but it was good it was good to get the quality time with family um I think I mentioned it before. My wife, I married into this. I got a bunch of questions after some of my Instagram <laughs> posts, people are like, is that your house? But my, my wife's family has a beautiful, uh, uh, lake house on this beautiful Lake, super chill. And it's on an Island in the Puget sound, um, South of Seattle. And, it sounds like a horror movie waiting to happen. I know. <laughs> Cabin in the woods. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really nice at three bedroom and it's got like the basic setup and it's, it's got all kinds of fun things to do there on the island. They got all kinds of like hikes and beaches that you can go spend time at. And so, um, I was out taking the kid out on adventures every day um and you know we went clam digging which actually <laughs> i looked at, i did a bunch of research beforehand and the website the department of fisher fisheries and wildlife said that there aren't isn't very much data on clams on the island and so i was like fuck it, i'm gonna try it anyways and so i went out there with a trowel and a a, a <laughs> cooler like a small like two gallon cooler and started digging and i ended up finding a, quite a few clams i got about uh, like two or three clams of butter clams which are like a three to four inches across at the widest point huh. um pretty thick like almost an inch and a half two inches thick and then uh and come i want
2: craig come on craig what the fuck man it's, it's early are... it's early for this stuff <laughs> go ahead keep going <laughs>
4: And uh, and then uh, a bunch of uh, purple varnish clams. Um, and we have got a few pounds of those. So we're actually going to be doing the steamers tonight. and um, But, yeah, it's good. Got the other ones broken nice. down. Fried them up. My kid's into fried clams. Uh, he won't do the, the wiggly style. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but it's good to be back. I'm excited to be back in the shop tomorrow. It's going to feel good to get back into the shop and get some work done because I feel like I've... Like I got back and I was there for a week, but it feels like I was there for maybe two days. And then I went back on vacation kind of. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get back in the shop. But how's, cool. how's the past week been for you guys?
2: Well, just before you go into okay. it, it reminds me of the when you were talking about clams. When I was in summer camp you know, up in uh, New Hampshire, there were a lot of freshwater mussels mm. called zebra mussels. Okay. And everyone's, some people thought you could eat them, but they they're super duper don't eat them. And it was really, like, one of those things, like, everyone's like, see, wow, look, I've had mussels. When I was a kid, I had you eat these mussels, and it is going to be problematic. You're not supposed <laughs> to eat them, these freshwater mussels. But they look just like regular mussels. Oh, really? Oh, oh dude, I, you couldn't get me to, I mean, that's why when I hear you guys, you know, tromping around looking for mushrooms and, like, digging up oh. clams, I'm like, all I can think of is just, just no, I'm going to kill myself. Just stay in your I, bubble. It ain't going to be, it ain't gonna safe, be from a... It ain't gonna be it could be for beating a mushroom or a, a fucking clam, that's for sure. Yeah. That's not a cool way to go, is it? Well yeah, dodgy mushroom. <laughs> yeah, I mean for I mean I, we have people all over we have friends who listen to the show, they are out there, they're grabbing all sorts of mu- mushrooms off of trees and oh look at look what I found a cock of the woods and all this nonsense and I, all I can think of is <laughs> You're gonna end up, no motherfucker's gonna end up in the OR. You're gonna have, you're <laughs> gonna have some sort of problems.
3: Or at, at least, least like... on the toilet for a weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. get it, man.
3: What's been going on, Jeff,
2: for the week? I had a very busy week. My my uh, my wife and kid went to go look at colleges, so I had the week, but by myself. And you'd think that I would just kind of let myself go. But i was so concerned with like getting stuff done i didn't have a minute to spare and uh i took him to the airport on saturday recorded recorded a podcast on saturday and sunday i just had been planning on this particular sunday to forge two hammers out and i spent like nights thinking about the pathway and where i should put my swage block and what tooling i need and i got all this stuff and i fixed my tire hammer up and made tooling and got stuff from john ariani and I forged two hammers out. I bl- I blanked them out and forged them out, and they, they I saw my problems and I found where I needed to where I went wrong, and they turned out as far as I'm concerned, I'm happy with them. But I mean, as once they're all hung and I started using them, I saw little things I made mistakes on, and which I liked. I liked the fact that I could kind of you know see where I where I went where I went now, wrong. One of the, the main humanity things right. Well, but it's, it wasn't just the humanity. It was, you know, humanity is, is let the thing happen, but the problem is is when you're forging a hammer. You know, you'll see on a lot of hammers, you'll see where the eye of the hammer is. They're the cheeks, and what, what you do is you punch the hole, and then this, wherever you punch the hole, all that material goes to the side. So you, when you're forging it back in, you have a drift on one side, and then what you're doing is you're pulling that material down along the drift, and the drift holds that side, the, that, the shape of the eye, but it all, you can only do it on one side, right? So mm-hmm. then you knock out the drift, put it on the other side, and then you forge that material down. That's why when you see the cheeks on a hammer, a lot of hammers, they're up and down. It's like, you know, it's a flatter part. And then what you end up with is if you do it right, you end up with like more of a hourglass shape on the inside of the eye of the hammer, which right. allows you to hold, the, the, the wood holds better because it tapers in and then you put the wedge mm-hmm. in and it, kind of like form fits inside that hourglass shape so, well, can I ask you what a did you use so, right. go ahead go so, ahead go on, Marika.
4: I was going to say when you talk about your hammer being hung uh, what does that mean
2: exactly <laughs> that's <laughs> what they call it You when you put a hammer head on a handle it's called being hung
4: I got you okay.
2: and the axe guys do it they call it hanging an axe Okay. I think they call it hanging a hammer I, I'm, I honestly don't care I, I'm just, that's what I heard somebody <laughs> say it I was like fuck it just got to be careful where
4: you swing that thing
2: well, I'm with you, 100, right. for sure. So, Craig, did you have a question before you
3: get I them? did. I was wondering what um would you used for your handles.
2: I had some oak. Oh no, no. I had some hickory. I had some hickory. Okay, I had yes. some hickory. Um, so... so did you
3: do the whole sort of split at the top, then stick a wedge in to?
2: Yeah, oh, that's the easy okay. part. That's of all of it. That is the easiest part of the whole thing. And mm. it's like you know, obviously, you want to get it right, but the the real issue was was when you're taking the drift out or, you know, when you create the cheeks of your hammer, you know, you have these swells at the top of the eye and the bottom of the eye. So mm-hmm. what you get is you get these, and John and Cliff made me these, I don't know what they're called. I guess they're called plate. They're called drift plates or they're called like, they basically hold the cheeks. They help They, fo- pr- they protect help the form of the cheeks, right? Protect the form of the cheeks. Well, this one I had to f- make some changes to fit the drift. And then I realized I needed a stripping tool, which was, Something that I could knock the drift out with without affecting the cheeks and now but then so then there's some knocks in, in the cheeks that made it look like, you know, obviously I, I didn't protect the cheeks as well as I should have. But it was great and they, the weights are really good and I'm going to use them from now on and then I'm going to use them until I'm ready to make the next pair and then this, this one will go to the wayside. I, I, I had, um, is it a rounder? With the kind of style I like. I like a square face, and then I like the rounded part to be definitely different. For some reason, some of you guys like these rounding hammers where you can't really tell which side is which unless you really look. And I don't really want to be paying attention to, you know, marks or, you know, which side is more rounded. So I like the square face to be square faced and the round face to be octagon. And then I can really kind of very see from, uh, you know, peripheral vision. So it was great. And, and, you know, I'm happy with them. uh, The cool thing was, was I was able to kind of use the kind of, what I like about hammers to kind of make these handles a little bit longer than I'm used to and thinner, and they turn out great. So, I got, I got another question. Go ahead.
4: So was I, I see I know that they're teaching a class up at the Maker Camp. Yes. On hammer forging. Was this kind of a dry run with you to kind of? No, get the, I have no. nothing to do with it. Okay. So
2: John and John and Cliff will be at Maker Camp, uh, in April, and they're going to be teaching a limited run like two days of forging and making hammers by hand of striking so no this wasn't three this days is, this was i'm sorry I'm just looking uh, at whatever how many whatever days yeah. it is they're going to go to the maker <laughs> camp and and uh, get yourself in on that class with john and cliff it's definitely worth those guys are the best uh no it was it was something i've been you know every so often i made a hammer before christmas or around christmas and i really liked it but i realized that the drift i had was a little on the small side and i was kind of i asked john if he'd send me a bigger drift and you know, making the whole drift was a little bit, you know, made a little bit bigger. And, you know, I I want to be, I don't want to be a hammer maker. I'm not looking to go into business as a blacksmith. Sure. I, I, I'm far more interested in it as a philosophical pursuit. Like the older I get, I'm more interested in just the philosophical pursuit of doing something and then seeing where my mistakes were, trying to figure out how I could fix it the next time. And then, you know, appreciate the fact that I'm looking for some sort of Philosophical pursuit as opposed to I'm not going in the hammer business. That's yeah. for sure. So it's going to make diff- my own tools. It's got to be
3: difficult just selling hammers because I mean selling knives. You know, most people want a knife. Very few people want a hammer. You know, it's got, it's, it's got to be difficult to you know well, find the customer.
2: It's interesting because I've become very good friends with I you know I talked to Ben Snur probably once a week and I talked to John mm. It definitely was just about as much. I t- text with those guys and. The, I, I, do I think that it's good business? Yeah, I mean, especially if you get into the if you get into the you know the you know high levelness of of those guys or yeah you know, Jake Fair top of the or, game stuff yeah you know and, and people want your hammers I I think that I think that um, I think it's I think that most blacksmiths need to you know do more than just hammers I mean you sell a hammer for like you know you know just you know shy of three hundred bucks I mean you got to make a lot of them and that's the thing it's like it took me all day. To forge out these two hammers, um, yeah, obviously I wasn't like strict about it, but at the same time, it was like you know you need the right tooling, you need the right, that's really what it comes down to. And and it was interesting because I was thinking about knife making because a lot of the guys who ask questions they they ask questions um, to us saying I want to do this but I don't have this tool, I want to do this but I don't have this tool. Well, I mean you're 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 limited to what you have, and then you have to figure out how you get it so that was what came down with these hammers is like there's going to be i'm going to make a stripping tool that'll kind of protect the cheeks when i drive drive the the uh the drift out and there are some other things like i want to make uh i want to make a set of dies where i can um i'm more of a crown set of you know dies, fullering dies, so i can kind of spread the cheeks a little bit easier ha 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 and then um you know I actually broke my fucking dies. The guy who made my power ha- my tire hammer, he, I mean, this guy couldn't weld. I mean, I tell you what, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say much about it. But a boy, our boy can't weld at all. I broke, I broke his his dies. Dye, the dies he made me were like, I mean, you can't make this shit up. I sent a picture to somebody. I was just like, this. I hope they got. It. I hope this guy got arrested. <laughs> I swear to God, I hope this guy. Got, hope so this guy got arrested somewhere because this is going to kill somebody. The you know? the
4: dies are like welded to a face plate or something. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: And they well, popped off. You no, here's the thing about tire hammers. Tire hammers are great. I was talking to, I, Chris Zepp came up. I had Chris Zepp it came up, we had dinner, and he and I were talking about it. He just got this beautiful ha- power hammer. And nice. I, when I was getting my hammers, I was very, I wanted a little giant, but the problem was is I was really concerned that I couldn't do the repair work. And I've opted for a tire hammer because they're all steel, all the, you know, I can weld. I'm a pretty good welder. I'm a good enough welder. I'm better welder than the guy who welded, that's for sure. And I can, you know, repair things, which I've been able to do. Cliff and I did a little bit of repair work on the, on what I have already. And it actually, it was the better move for me because I'm not going to call, you know, the hammer whisperer up to come here up and, you know, you know, figure out what I need to do at whatever it is a day. So mm. I, I wanted to be able to you know, do as much fixing as I possibly can, and that's been the way it's been, it's been great in that regards. Nice. So. Nice. And that's it. And, oh, and then we released the uh, the new Offset Serrated uh, for the uh, Neptune Sunrise Colors, and that went great, and we're off to the races, so. Mm. Those sure. colors look cool. Yeah, it's cool. fun, that you mean, know, people yeah. are starting to buy the sets, and um, we got a lot of sets sold, and I'm going to be making some Offset Serrated pretty soon, and and then I'm just treating all the uh, K-tips that were for the last run. And I got some people coming in, and we had business to take care of. And it was all, you know, Allison was awesome this week. And she listens to the show, P.S. She, she really liked, what story? She was sending me a message. She told me your bathtub story was very funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> you being in the bathtub was very funny.
4: Luxury that... Lockwood.
2: Luxury uh, Lockwood, s- yeah. Speaking yeah. of luxury Lockwood, where the hell is this goddamn kid?
3: I know. I know. Where the hell is he? Yeah. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Oh, it's the, And my wife, is she's she's had enough, honestly. <laughs> sure. she, she, she's not sleeping, and oh, it's giving me a terrible headache. Just... <laughs> no, honestly, we just, we just need this baby out, and it could be any point. I mean, I've got my phone on my lap now, and any time I leave the house, the phone is with me um, just in case because it's literally any point now. So, you know, there's there's no drinking because I'll need to jump in the car at any point. It's it's all very, very serious now. Bags are packed. Um, yeah, any point. Um, so uh, last Monday, um, we had a scan. And um, basically, the, the, with the scan, they can sort of measure it and work out what the weight is and that kind of thing. And this was like, like an ounce or two off her having to be in, um, induced. Oh, there's um, nothing. Yeah, and and my wife was just like, "Oh, really?" She's she, honestly, she just wants it out, and um, so yeah, so we're we're now just playing a waiting game for uh, yeah for her to go into sort of natural labour, um, yeah. So it's 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 been crazy. So it's it's a case of we're still not in the new house yet, but most most of it is done now. So it's it's the, like trim level stuff to do now, you know. Um, so yeah, where yeah, it's been a, it's been, it's been a crazy a crazy month.
2: Can oh, I ask you a question? Sure. Yeah. Okay, let's just say in 5 minutes you get a text. Yeah. A water broke. Yeah. Do you grab the kids? Where do the kids go? The kids. Like I need uh... to know that I need to know your exact pathway to the hospital.
3: Okay, we have we have a plan. So my my wife's mother, so my mother-in-law who also lives here in France lives about thirty minutes away. Oh my god! So she's got her phone constantly on her lap too. Um, so the minute anything happens, or we think it's about to, she gets the call. She needs to come to the house because she's taking looking after the current, you know, the current babies, <laughs> our current favourites, until the new favourite <laughs> comes. That's the way we've been worded. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um so yeah so yeah so she'll get here straight away and she'll just she'll just live in the house then you know because we'll probably we'll be in the hospital for three or four days um which is quite normal over
2: here um and then you know we come home with a new baby can Um, i make one piece of unsolicited advice sure when you're talking to your son don't start in especially around the girls don't start saying my only son you're my only <laughs> my son don't do that it. that shit yeah. they don't like that shit <laughs> they don't like that shit it don't work uh, my only son my only son don't do that yeah. did you get I, that i've got a bit of a track my record grandfather used to do that about me my only grandson and my cousins fucking hated me for it uh, they hated it my only grandson were you like
3: i've the got a track child? record this this week yeah. of saying yeah. the wrong thing oh yeah go oh, ahead wow. what'd you say I've, I've got a bit of a story so I don't know if you guys have – it's a chocolate bar called a Twix. I don't know if you have sure. it in the U.S. It's two yeah, two, two fingers in a, in a,
2: in yeah. a golden yeah. wrapper. A bit of finger. I got you. Well, that's where
3: the joke's going to go. So okay. it's, it's always a case of whenever my wife and I, we have like the, like a fun size bag. We always have one in the kitchen. And like if we're, you know, one of us is feeling a bit whatever, we, we all say, is it not? It's a bit crude. but We always say, do you fancy a cheeky finger? And then the <laughs> other one will go get the finger. But we've done this for years now, for years, <laughs> to the point of it, it doesn't, like, you know, we, do, we don't consider it to be strange because it's just part of what we, what we say. So anyway, give <laughs> ready for the next few words. My mother-in-law was here. Oh, boy. And she was saying how stressed she is.
2: Oh. Um, without oh. thinking Wait, stop, <laughs> without Wait, thinking, stop. don't said. say anything just let us compose ourselves <laughs> let us compose ourselves for a second okay 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 I'm so, excited thinking. So, this is going
3: to yeah. be so good go it's, ahead I mean it's pretty obvious what I said yeah. without thinking uh, not intentional as a joke I just said oh Sue to relieve the stress would you like a, would you fancy a cheeky finger cat?" <laughs> I immediately uh. went bright red and said, Oh shit, shit, shit. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I mean the twix now, but we explained this explained that, you know, that's that's what we do. What did she say? She completely stone faced, didn't smile, didn't really <laughs> react to it. It was just a case of as if like, did I hear correctly there? <laughs> you know. Did she so, yeah. look at Never ask your mother in law if she fancies a cheeky finger if she's a bit stressed. Yikes. <laughs>
2: What did your wife say when you said that? She
3: wasn't there. She oh, wasn't there. What did
2: you? Do? What did she say when you told her that?
3: I had to tell her because obviously uh, her mum probably would have told her. And she just laughed. She was crying laughing. Sure. Well, there
2: used, I remember I used to work for this uh, English uh, sculptor. And yeah. he used to say there was this uh, Kit Kat commercial where mm. these two old bats are sitting on a park bench. And one turns the other and, and says, do you fancy a bit of finger? Yeah. And, yes. And then, yes. So exactly. that's Exactly. Yes, yeah. Right? You yeah. fancy a bit of finger and won't mind if I do or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls her pants down. Pants <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: God, but that is It hilarious. wasn't the
3: only time this week I've been embarrassed with a conversation. Go so, ahead. Um, I've mentioned it in the past that we were getting rid of our drummer um, in the band. And, um, you know, he didn't know, but we had a rehearsal with a new drummer. Oh, like, boy. and. um and he's good, so we we're like, Yeah, do you wanna be in the band? Yeah. So I so I'm standing there now with the other guys in the band. And I said, So what we're we gonna do about, you know, the old drummer? Um, you know, is he gone or what? And so we're all having a conversation. In the end, we we're like, Yeah, he's gotta go. He can't turn up to rehearsals and all the rest of it. He's gotta go. So me hating any sort of confrontation, I say to the bass player, I say, Right, if you email him, don't like include me in it at all. I don't want to be involved at all, you know. And and they're laughing at me because I'm being very sort of British about it. So I'm laughing. I turn back, and the guy, the bass player, he's just got the phone in his hand and he's ringing. And I'm oh, like, who are you ringing? Who are you ringing? He's like, I'm ringing him now to tell him. And I'm just, I'm dying. Oh, I like right, said so yeah. any sort of confrontation. I'm so I'm hiding then beh- behind a the piano while he's making this phone call. It was. So what did he say? you just said you're out it, it was just like very matter of fact direct to it And i was, I was honestly i couldn't listen properly i was dying i was just oh, you can't just do that you can't oh jeez. even now i'm cringing just ugh. Oh. yikes it, it, that is such a french thing just like very matter of fact no i'm gonna do it now punch maybe maybe you, oh,
2: maybe you fancy man. a bit of finger Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Cheeky I finger. Emailed him later. Give you him him a cheeky, cheeky finger to get over these, <laughs> the stress of it all. Yeah. Uh, I would be imagine You're like, you're calling him now? Oh, Jesus Christ. I fancy a bit of finger right now. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy a bit of finger right now. I'm losing it.
3: Let me just write on the top of the notes here, a bit of
4: finger. <laughs> a bit of finger. That reminds me, when I was a kid growing up, my.
2: Um, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wait a second. Oh, okay, let's compose ourselves again. Hold on a second.
3: This could go anywhere. Okay.
2: <laughs> One time at Bandcamp camp.
1: No, the creepy so, teacher came into the room. And yeah. we,
4: we have a, a a toffee company that's based out of here in Washington called Almond Roca. Have you heard of them, Jeff? Almond Roca. No. Okay, so it's an almond-flavored toffee. It's got, like, almonds in it and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's rolled in chocolate, and then it's rolled into crushed up almonds. But my parents, when I was growing up, would hide the tin in the laundry room, like up amongst the soaps and shit, because they knew if us three little scavengers got a hold of them, we would yeah. eat all of them. All be of gone. Yeah. yeah. That's also where they, we kept the kitty litter box was right between the oh. washer and dryer. And so one day I came in to throw some laundry <laughs> into the wash <laughs> and my mom and stepdad are sitting there with what looked like a couple cat turds. I'm like, what are you doing? And then they took a bite, and I was like, oh, my God, and they ran away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And for the longest
4: time, they joked about eating cat turds, and I thought it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever heard of until I learned about almond rocas.
2: Look at you.
3: Well, nothing quite like the smell of cat litter. Ugh, geez. The worst. There you go. Yeah. Anyway. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. So that was our week. Um, Shall we do some questions? Yes. Okay. Hey, man. Can I ask you a question? Haven't done that in a while, have we? Hey, man. Yeah. Cutthroat knives um question or conundrum he says um, every so often i have someone come in and show me a knife they bought from a maker and ask me what i think and it's fairly clear that's a cheapo made in pakistan no maker's mark very obvious styles and damascus patterns that we see on instagram so how do you politely tell the person that they have the wool pulled over their eyes especially as they can be really happy that they just paid six hundred dollars for it Yikes. Also, in the above scenarios, the person has always thought they were buying off a local maker. Oh, yikes! So, so what's happening? Is, what's happening there is a local maker passing
4: off his work, passing off these cheap
3: knives as his work. Maybe, maybe that's the issue. I
4: mean, I think oh. I've seen some of these pages on Instagram where they post mm. the work of other makers and saying that they can make the same thing, or they'll you maybe a a potential customer reaches out and says, Hey, I'd love to get that knife. And they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I just sold that one, but I can sell you another one that's similar to it. And then it's a a knockoff piece of crap. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jeff has had his knives posted on other pages. I've had my knife. lots of makers have had their knives posted on other pages. And this is the scam is that they say, Oh, sorry, that one's been taken, but I got another one. And they They send you, they make you pay, they send you this Ah. cheap piece of shit, and there's nothing to do about it.
3: (laughs) Right. I was wondering what the benefit for them posting to other people's knives are. Oh, that makes yeah, that makes sense. They're you know, they're swindle in them.
2: It's like when you go to the McDonald's and you see the Big Mac and you're just like, wow, that looks <laughs> yeah. really good. And then what you get looks like you sat, <laughs> sat on. You know what I'm saying? you yeah. no,
3: pressed in somebody's armpit. Yeah.
2: I had a guy. You know, it's funny. I had an old friend of mine who, uh, for some reason, you know, so, you know, every so often, I'm sure that some of the knife makers listening to this know this. They all have a friend who think. You just want to talk and look at knives all day long. That's all you care about. And this guy came in, and said, I got to come in and show you my knives. And all I can think of is, oh, for fuck's sake, please don't show my. I have no in- zero interest. I have re- g- zero interest. This is a couple years ago. He came in with this Damascus, you know, Bowie knife that he got at a, uh, you know, like a some sort of convention or something like that. And it was it was bad. It was real bad. And he was so proud of it. And it was like this. The Damascus was so weird because you could actually see where they obviously didn't – they used the end that was, like, welded to a piece of steel. So there were you could see the MIG <laughs> welds from where, like, the, the oh. bar of rebar was or whatever they – you know, they, they, this was – this guy had – these guys had no – he had no idea. And then everything was wiggly and the, it was a total banana. And he just – the whole thing was like – I was like – and I just turned to him like – you got ripped off, and he goes, "What are you talking about? This is Damascus." I'm like, and I just like, this thing is a banana. This thing is a banana, and uh, you can see that. I, that's a, that's right there is MIG weld, and then you know the handle's all loose, and the, this fits so good. And, I, and I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, Well, don't worry, I paid fifty bucks for it. And I was like, Well, then why do you, geez, what what do you, you think expect? I care? What do you think I give a shit about uh, you I and your shitty? You, there you go. You got a you, congratulations. You got a fifty dollar knife.
4: Yeah, so, but what do you do if I somebody, somebody him, spent more? Like I guess that's the the heart of his question is like how do you break that to the person? Do nice. do you even be
2: the one the bearer of bad news or you just say, "Oh, nice," and then move on? <laughs> that's a good question. You you just came up with a good follow-up. I if somebody came in and said, "I spent a lot of money on this knife. What do you think?" Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't really pretend, pretend that I'm like this, you know, like this guy with like the you know, the monocle and I'm, you know, like from like the I've seen you Opry on YouTube. Man.
4: Wait a second. I've seen you on YouTube. Exactly. You are a nice expert.
3: expert.
2: Yes. I, oh, yeah. For six million sake. views later. I certainly no- Is it six? I thought that's what you said. I, the don't I don't know. I get too embarrassed to count. But I don't know. I probably would be like, congratulations. I'll leave. I, I really <laughs> wouldn't. I don't think I'd break the bad news. I think I'd be like, well, why do I want to get into a conversation about it? Yeah. You know. I think I'd show like disinterest.
3: You know, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, nice," and you know, just move on. You know, as if I didn't really look, and you
2: know, I'm busy. That kind of thing.
4: Four point seven million views.
2: There you go. Over the past three <laughs> years. See, you made me feel like you, now you made me feel bad because I thought it was like six, and now it's yeah, like four point three to it's go. Still, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm still need four point little... seven. I need a cheeky finger now because I'm like, you know, sad. (laughs) Fucking sad, I need a cheeky finger.
4: You need to pull your finger out. That's what you need to do. (laughs) Um, Can I add a note really quick kind of to follow up misleading stuff? So Lynn Ray has had like a couple weeks ago, his account got hacked. He did not have dual authentication on his website, on his page. Did we talk about that before?
2: When you were here. Oh, my bad. We did a whole thing. That's okay. Well, you don't, you don't listen, it's fine. Well,
4: okay, so I guess part of the reason I bring it <laughs> up is because <laughs> two days ago, there's or a few days ago, there was some new post on there, and a bunch of people who I know and are professional makers are commenting like it's still Lynn, and the reality is not. So uh, make sure that you are not following that account. If you got two seconds, take a second and report it, and then block that fucker.
2: Well, I'm having him on two on full blast in two weeks, so we'll talk about The fake account or Lynn? Uh, yeah, I'm going to get the fake account. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, fake Lynn. Yeah. I'm going to offer him a cheeky finger. <laughs> Rin Lay. Yeah, Rin Lay. <laughs> I'm going to give him Rin Lay.
4: Wouldn't it be Rimlay?
2: All right, all um, right, all right. <laughs>
4: okay. Right, who's taking yeah, the next? I'll take the next one. This is from Adele Knives. Uh, he says, hey, guys, I-, I got a question for you. A while ago, Craig was working from a stripped-out workshop. As he was in the process of moving his to his new one, and asked that the three of you make suggestions for what would be absolutely essential equipment for a minimalist shop. One of the things you all agreed on was a set of 123 blocks. I've seen lots of makers using them for supporting work on a drill press, but what else are they used for outside of setting up a mill? Uh, I'm fairly new to knife making, and these blocks are relatively inexpensive, so I would buy some, but I don't really know what they're for. So what are other ways that you guys use one, two, three blocks outside of just drilling holes?
3: Ooh, <laughs> loads of things.
4: Um, I use them as, um, blocks when
3: I'm knocking in pins because then you can line up the hole for, you know, underneath through so the pin can come right through rather right. than marring up the surface of any sort of worktop. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and on a drill press that I use them all the time because you can, for both reasons, um, again, drilling right through the hole. Um, the fact that there's two thicknesses to them, you can either have them lying down or you can have them standing up because there's holes on the edges as well. Um, So quite often you don't have to keep, you know, changing the table on your drill press because you can just change the block around and it gives you that extra sort of two inches, whatever you need. That's what she said. Um, They're just just really, as you said, they're cheap. So they're really handy. Um, Even, like, straight line when you draw in just pick one of them up you know it's a straight line sure. you no know, there's there's just loads of
4: little things to use get for creative there. I've seen people use them uh, for like height gauges and stuff um, mm. or for indexing like say you want to square up the spine of your knife and the profile uh, the best time to do it is before you start grinding things out of shape while it's still the even thickness and you can use your one two three block uh, with the with the table vertical uh, along the length of your platen and clean up the, around the profile to get things nice and square if you're concerned about that.
2: But you know why they're called one, two, three blocks, right? Um, one inch, two inches, three One inch. inch, two inches, three inches. Yeah. Yeah. So they're so they're the exact size. We used to use them for lay, for when we're laying out railings and we needed to lift something up and we needed mm. a you know, shims. Uh, you could probably they're all threaded too, so you could probably mm. get I don't know what it is, a quarter twenty, I don't know what it's the threading three-eighths. is. Three eighths, but you could get some three eighths bolts and if you wanted to make like a a jig, if you wanted to uh, use a your your platen and your table, and you wanted to make something so it sat flat against your table, you could probably yeah. bolt them in through your holes or your tang, and you can use it as like a what are those called? A jig? They're called mm-hmm. jigs. You could probably make yeah. a jig out of it. Get and out. also,
3: you know, when you if you're using a tool rest against your platen, and you you know you angle it occasionally, use a one, two, three block up against your platen to make sure you got that exact ninety degrees Pop it back again. to square. That's what exactly. I do the most. Yeah, nice. They're they're cool. I use them so much, and they're cheap. They usually come in sets of two
2: anyway. So yeah,
3: get a bunch of them and have them all around the shop. I want a two four six block. Two four six block.
2: Well, you could probably make one. (laughs) You know, I tell you what, I use it for the most is I have two drill presses. One for the. Wow. Well, I have one to drill, and then the second one has the Corby bolt. The Corby bolt. uh, drill the for the sh- making the shoulder bet, yeah. on your, and then i'll use i'll use the uh the one two three blocks so that i don't mar the the top of my the tip of my drill so mm-hmm. i can when i'm making the uh, countersink with the corby bolts the tip kind of goes through one of those holes so i'm not going straight through because your scales might be only three eighths or whatever and you don't want to you want to get that nice square Shoulder, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We also, okay. just to let you know if you want to keep going, guys, we also have uh, tough scenarios, and we have week two of what's the most bizarre custom knife request uh, you've received. So whatever you want to do. Okay.
3: We'll do some um, bizarre uh, requests for knife designs after this.
2: Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the
3: manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven... Go to evenheat-kiln.com. And remember, if you're about to order one, go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, because um, that'll take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor of Even Heats. Um, spec out how you like, and you'll get $75 off and free shipping in the U.S. You got that link is down in the description, too.
2: All the links. As well as,
3: as well as the link to Sharple. Right. And I see a lot of you have been playing this week. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Sharple rules um so i gotta once again thank nice handmade knives he suggested that we ask the listener what's your most bizarre custom request uh, we did it last week and boy they got a little bit blue and i had to cut so this week we asked again and if you have if you if you're a listener and you think here's a great question to ask the knife community DM it to us and if it's any good I'll, I'll ask the knife community and we'll do it something like this. This was good. Nice handmade knives did a good job. So I asked what's the most bizarre custom request and I'm just telling you now I had to stop with the butt stuff because <laughs> everyone, everyone goes to knife makers for like butt plugs and there's bildos and it's like everything's dicks and butts and I had to like say okay guys back off with that stuff let's just kind of. So this one comes from Walrus Steel I got asked to make a quote divorce knife. I asked, "What's a divorce knife?" and he said, "The one she hasn't stabbed me in the back with yet." Wow! There you go. <laughs> uh, Howie Withrow says, "I once made a knife that had body hair embedded in the resin for the handle. I'll let your imagination <laughs> decide what part of the body it came from." Body hair. Gross. Body hair. I don't know. Yeah, the hair thing's weird, aren't they? people are so nuts. actually i was just uh texting with um jonathan porter and he got a piece of shrapnel from some you know like a world war ii veteran that w- they want to p- put in a knife so it happens. Wow. shit people are crazy. people are sensitive they want mm. they want nostalgia um steven williams says i had a guy in a cult ask for a ritualistic dagger for sacrifices <laughs> I turned it down, but Craig would have asked how much you're trying to spend. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Probably. you've gotten those requests, haven't you? No ritual sacrifices. Oh, the ol- having- you know, the, I was thinking about the weird stuff. And the, when, the only weird stuff I received are like a cook wanted a, a knife with like a screwdriver tip on the end. And then I was mm-hmm. thinking recently and there was another one that was weird. Uh, there was a one guy in the restaurant industry pl- slash – try to be i can't be vague you know you fuckers you you motherfuckers you listeners when i say i'm vague they figure out who it is and they send a message <laughs> to that person and then i have to deal with my fucking vagueness so a guy asked me to make a knife that was a paring knife and a shrimp deveiner and the drawing he sent me was like like yo this ain't working dude this is not your all-in-one man so it looked like uh so bizarre uh what? so yes yeah it was what like what's thing wrong thing with wrong that it look like, like nice. shrimp well do you yeah. know what a shrimp deveiner is they're actually great no it looks like a cur it looks like imagine a tapered spike but then have mm. it curved and then what you do is you run it through where the head would be and then what it'll do is it'll take the shell off but it also cut where the the vein is and you'll be right. able to devein in one. One pass If you get a shrimp diviner, They're actually great hmm. And and this guy Wanted the shrimp diviner On the top Of the knife So you turn The knife around And then So the paring knife's on one side And then the t- It was a whole Production it was just like, like A like, terrible no. idea It was <laughs> I was like There's just no way I'm doing this You can just forget it And I was trying to think There was another one That somebody wanted But I can't remember Right off the after, bat. So After I won ahead,
4: Forged in man. Fire I had all kinds of people asking me to make swords. <laughs>
2: Go ahead. What did you want? What did <laughs> well, they
4: want? One, uh, the one that was the most intense and kept insisting that I could make it was like he wanted like this ox blood red leather wrapped handle with skulls and gems encrusted in the hilt and blah 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 and
2: mosaic Damascus. And I'm like, no, <laughs> sorry. I mean. That just sounds like somebody wants to... I mean, it wasn't like for a reason. Like, I now I well, remember. Well, if somebody wanted me to make knives for their marijuana plant, their marijuana... Uh, weed knife. Weed yeah, knife. They wanted me to make that. something Cheers, to help right? clone their knives. No, it was like something for cloning or something like that. Mm. But, but,
4: yeah. What, well, the follow-up to that weird request is that I ended up... I think a friend of mine ended up getting that guy's request and making it. And he did a good job with it, but I was... I don't know. At the time, like, I was making chef's knives. Right, and then I sure I did that show, but it was like doesn't make me the weird sword maker guy. It was it was it was just like really. uh, He also wanted a bunch of skulls like engraved
2: in the blade too. I'm like, "Mm, sorry, Craig. You've never gotten any weird requests? Not really. No, nothing. No, it's very proper.
3: Nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, if you look at um, you know the stuff that's on on my site, it's all very sort of. Nothing's like out there and crazy. Everything's you know pretty sort of standard. So I don't tend to get you know the, the crazies. No, oh. no cheeky we finger handles.
2: We get now that now that I have some...
3: <laughs> two fingers on the hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I stepped on that one. I apologize. Kevin Cunningham says I got a weird one for you. I had a woman DM me asking if I would put a photograph of a butt on her on a handle, so her boyfriend could carry that ass everywhere. I told her. I could make it into a graphic illustration and etch it into the blade. She said great and sent me a bunch of pictures of photos of her naked from behind. I made a quick mock-up, asked her about the profile, (laughs) (laughs) price, and materials. (laughs) She agreed to have it made, told me uh, she decided on the handle material and get back to me, and she never did. Uh, I'm a newer Smith, and that's the weirdest one. P.S. He did send me a picture, and I I wasn't mad about it. (laughs) Um, uh, will miller said uh you a- uh you asked for odd requests here you go this is a message i got from one of my wife's friends all right get ready for this hey will mm. i heard from so and so uh that you've gotten into knife making and i have a project i'm hoping you could help my partner and me out with we are witches in need of a set of <laughs> ceremonial daggers for our coven for our coven The daggers will need to be made from meteorite, which we'll provide. Each handle will need to be made from a specific type of wood that we'll also provide. Our coven would need to be part of the process. Not to make the dagger or anything, but to exact the proper spells and rituals. Each blade would need to be quenched during a specific moon phase, at a specific time, in a specific solution that we would also provide. I know this is all sounds like a lot, <laughs> but it would here. be. Oh my God. I know, this, I know, this all sounds like a lot, but it would, it would, it would uh, so much to our. Co- it would mean so much to our coven if these daggers were made. We wouldn't be able to pay much for all of this, but we can. Pay, uh, but maybe we can pay as we go or something. Let me know if you're interested in this. I told the guy I was too new to work meteorites and wished him luck finding someone to make these plates for him. I love the fact that at the end, there are all these specific things. And we yeah. need to do this. And we're going to do this. Don't we're going to do this. But we don't have any money. We don't have any we money. We put a to good spell it. on we you. We won't have yeah. you could <laughs> think they would have offered to say, we'll put, we'll give you that big dick spell. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <big dick> spell. <laughs> isn't that what, i mean isn't that what you can ask a witch for like, listen listen we all know we all know what we need we need a little bit of you know a little big dick spell i need a little big dick spell <laughs> talking
3: about the big dick spell we need to talk in the after show about the pam and tommy i've seen a few clips this week Oof. um and I, i'm certainly not going to watch it all but we'll talk about it we we'll talk about it later
2: i thought you were going to talk about putin as a big dick spell that, that's another story. Okay. No,
3: no Putin talk.
2: Right. Uh, right work says, I had a guy ask me to make a pizza cutter out of a T-post. It's a barbed wire fence post. He said the T-post was very sentimental to him. I respectfully <laughs> de- declined the job.
4: Very sentimental T-post.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm not going to destroy his... Bo- with, and I wasn't about to beloved to destroy his beloved fence post.
4: <laughs>
2: now that I think about it, it's funny. My, my sentimental fence post. <laughs> this is where I, t- I hitched my dog to or something like that. it <laughs> was like a country uh, song. <laughs> uh, this, <laughs> this one comes from Roar Blades. Here's a weird request. A guy once asked me if I could make a Sugidee's.
4: What's oh, a Suggity's? Okay, what's a Suggity's?
2: nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> did anyone, did you feel that one coming? Roar was so, he thought he going to get me with it. And I was just like, nice try. And I'll work it in. I'll see if the guys can get it. But Suggity's nuts. If I didn't nuts. fall for one last week, I, I probably would have fallen for that one. Oh, but, dude. Um they did, uh, the messages i received that they couldn't believe that you got you got ligma you got you fell for ligma <laughs> last week was just like i can't believe craig fell for ligma you know <laughs> I try, do you remember we had, uh, I guess we did the uh, Ma- Damasteel show and we had uh, Nico uh, Nicolades in and he was saying he was from, he, was, he said he was from Greece, you know, family's from Greece. Mm. And I asked him if his family was from Bofides he, yeah. he, goes, he, goes, he goes, oh, go fuck yourself, Jeff. It was the best. I <laughs> uh, Nico rules. That was fucking awesome. Fucking Bofidis. <laughs> Poverty is a good one. There are a few other ones people send me but I couldn't handle it. Uh, the last one comes from Aru Blade Works. Here's the re- weirdest request. Not too long after I started making, I got a message from a guy inquiring about my knives. He'd like me to make him a samurai sword of all things, a request which seems all too common for us. But then it got weird. <laughs> he said he had asked several people but no one was willing to take on this request. He said that he wanted the he wanted the sword to be hardened, and he wanted it to be covered in his own blood. So when the sword came to life, it knew that its master would never that it knew <laughs> that its master it would <laughs> let me read that fucking thing back again. When it, he wanted it covered in his own blood. So when the sword came to life. It knew who its master was and would never spill its master's blood. I thought the guy was just messing with me until he, until he started telling me about how his sister works at a local hospital and can do the blood draw, so he can ship the blood to me. Oh, wow. jeez! <laughs> Quenched in his own blood. That's a Yikes. good one. So there you go, guys. You did a good guy. <clears throat> listeners, you did a good job. You know. So yeah. if yeah, listen, I'll do it again. I'll do it. If you guys want to send in more weird requests, well, I I love them. I think they're great. I actually. Well, we've been getting a lot and poor allison is hilariously like sending me messages like do you make uh and then she'll you know read off some anime show and she doesn't know we're, you know we're all in our late 30s 40s we don't know these this fucking toy shit and it's like it's like you do this anime sword it looks like so and so and such and such and i need it to look like this and i don't have any money so we get all <laughs> that stuff so those are always the best the cosplayers so send them in Good job, knife. knife! Nice handmade for uh, knives for that uh, good bit. We'll keep doing. We'll do one more week of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's do, let's do a couple of questions. Um, Canaan knife and tool, I yes. think. Canaan knife and tool. Canaan knife and tool. Anyway, hey, question about finger. I assume he means finger grooves, not finger grooves. Uh, question about doing finger grooves. <laughs> I don't have a belt sander with a small wheel, and most of my knives have a deep choil. Any recommendations on how to make them without a fucking Dremel? Hmm.
2: We got a lot. Speaking of which, we, uh, when you weren't here, uh, Marek, uh, Craig and I took a huge shit on Dremel. <laughs> and we just oh, went yeah. kind of ape. we went ape on the fact that, you know, we've basically, as makers, we've all depend too much on a Dremel, and, you know, we're, mm. you know... But I got a lot of, of pushback. Yeah. We got a lot of pushback from <sighs> people who love their Dremels. So God bless the Dremel. And- the, the trick really is yeah. Fordham's.
4: Fordham rotary tools are pretty handy. Yeah, well. Yes. So I've heard. Yeah, because yes. they yes. they, uh, they don't rely on the torque. And I I think that's a problem a lot of people have with the Dremels is like it catches the wrong edge. It just runs away from you. But that doesn't happen with a Fordham.
2: I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is is people just kind of like don't they don't understand how to feather material. Like Mm -hmm. they don't know how they don't know how to that's the thing the knife making is so close to fabrication because when you're when you're welding railings or you're welding fabrication and you know you're trying to preserve the weld but like feather it in. You kind of have to slowly, slowly kind of take away material and at the very end it's the last bit. A lot of people people get too gougy because they're a little bit too aggressive with the tools that they're using. And I think that with Dremels, I think that it's more about technique. I think that if somebody did like a Dremel technique class, Mm. I mean, it'd be the most boring YouTube video of all time. I mean, I think you'd probably get a lot of, got a lot of... I mean,
4: you guys probably got into this, but how are you using Dremels? I, I don't... I hardly ever use a dremel. I don't at all. I, I use dremels. I,
2: I use dremels. Like if, if for the underside of a knife. Actually, I use um, I use uh, contact wheels. That's why I actually was talking to a knife maker, and we're talking about designs. And this is actually I was thinking about this guy's uh, this guy's uh, situation. I know he doesn't have uh, contact wheels. One of the things okay. that's kind of interesting about being a maker in general is. You know, the process also dictates your design too to a certain degree. And I've actually have, yeah. So like that transition between the heel of the knife and the bottom belly of the handle is an issue. Like if you make it too crispy and tight, it's hard to clean up. So sometimes you'll you kind of work out a design that allows you to say, Okay, I have the right tool that can get in here and then I can kind of meet both ways and clean the problem up on the easier side. There are drum, bigger drum, um, I'll, I'll look at this guy's knives and I understand what he's talking about. There are bigger drums that you can get that you could probably put in your drill press, mm. you know, and then all of a sudden make it sure. a bigger, kind of slower, uh, dremel-y type thing. You know? That's a good call. I, I've
4: So I've gotten away from using small contact wheels altogether. Like, I never use them anymore. What I use is just the edge of my platen. Um, but the way, the reason I'm able to use the edge of my platen is because I've done a like a 45-degree angle cutback on the right edge. And so I can get into tight corners where you would usually use like maybe a half-inch or a quarter-inch or even a 3-8 contact wheel. I just use the edge of my platen, and I can just kind of open it up and shape it around the way I want to shape it um, without without using contact wheel. And I, I like it because the contact wheels kind of create limitations in a way. Um where you can only go so small or so tight or only get a certain shape. Where if I'm using the edge of my contact or my platen,
2: then I can kind of dictate what exactly I want that shape to look like. But for this guy's like finger grooves, sometimes you want a very specific radius without any kind of like dings or anything like that. Like I, he might he might be looking for something a little bit more. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he
4: controlled. I thought he meant just like along the uh, like right at the heel of the knife. Well, he, no, he I, mean I along the the handle he's like... talking
2: about like a finger groove like where you would your front finger would go and I looked at his knives and they're very they're, it's a very pronounced finger guard so like it's a very pronounced radius so it's kind of hard to do um, without like some sort of you know contact wheel like that, yeah, yeah. Hmm. but I like those I would get those I actually remember in the last uh, metal shop I was at we used to have those drums that we would put in um, a, in a drill press Contract, and then we would yeah. hold up we were holding the material up into the drill press, and you were holding it in your hands and using the drill press. Yeah, mm. that's what I would do. Yeah,
3: and if you use something like a one-two-three block, you could then make sure that the uh, the blade is running ninety degrees to the drum too, and just slide it back and forth. Yeah, how would you use the one-two-three block? Use it as almost like a like a tool table you know, and put your, put the knife on it. So rather than just using the knife in your hand, where, you know, your angle could be slightly off. Oh, look at you. Like flat 90. You could have it sit like almost like a tool rest and, you know, bring it back
2: and forth. Look at you. You know what? That's a great idea. So you bolt the 1-2-3 block to, your, to the table of your a drill press. Then you lower the... You, you get the the table high enough, and then you kind of screw down in your 1-2-3 block, and then you're using the arm... Want to use the whole side of the goddamn? John, goddamn it, you deserve a finger. <laughs> what the fuck is John? I, I don't know. <laughs> Did I say John? <laughs> <It>. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Three, four
3: years into this, two hundred twenty-two episodes. Craig. fucking John.
2: John, that's the yes. name of your son, right? Have you decided to name the son? You're going to tell us the name, or are you going to? But um, the well, listeners didn't know that we asked you and the, the after after show we asked um, you the name and you said i'll tell you the name and you hung up on all of us that, was, uh, <laughs> that yeah, would, would have yeah. been good if you left that five way.
3: letters and there's a u in it that's all i'm saying and i've had some wrong answers anybody
2: been me. close putin was the closest which i think toma <laughs> gave today <laughs> yeah. bruce and angus are out is that what you're saying
3: um, I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh, so deny it's one it. of them, Bruce or Angus? Fucking is Bruce! Out. Um, I can't actually. I, can't, I can. I can deny it. Both of them aren't right. So yeah, oh,
2: okay. So no. it's not Bruce Lockwood. It's not
3: Bruce or Angus. No, no. Mm. There
2: you go. Uh, anyway,
3: whilst we're doing Platon talk, maybe Morocco can tell us about his deep Platon. Yeah.
4: So I collaborated with Broadback Ironworks, uh, and we designed together a deep platen. So it's a deeper throat. It's not as long of a platen because it still had to work with the machine. And so engineering-wise, the platen couldn't be as long. But what the purpose is is to get that extra clearance. It's got about four and a quarter inches, four and a half inches behind the belt for moving your blade around, contouring, um, and getting all the shaping done, uh, symmetrically instead of trying to do everything just off of like the right edge. And so when you go to Broadback Ironworks and you order your machine or you're getting a tool arm, um, if you throw, or especially if you're ordering a machine, um, if you put in knife talk at checkout, you will automatically get upgraded from uh, their standard long platen to the Maraco deep platen. Um, it also has a four-inch contact wheel at the bottom, which is great for hollow grinds or even like if you're doing full tangs, hollowing out the tang to help uh, get rid of some of the weight back there. Um, I love mine and I use it. Non stop for ripping off scale and sculpting handles and doing all kinds of stuff. So um, go to broadbackironworks.com at, at checkout when you're getting your machine. Make sure to put in knife talk to get upgraded to the Morocco Deep P. Nice. Okay.
2: Well, I uh, want to would you just, like- I want to just. I want to. I found. I got some one listener feedback that I really, really love, and this had to do with the last episode where we were talking about the bathtub and everything like that. This is from Kale <laughs> Riv. This might be the perfect listener feedback. Well written funny at the end it's really good too ha 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 this is from kale Riv. Ha, ha ha i just listened to the latest after show and heard about craig eating olives in the bath my first thought was talk about a dirty martini <laughs> 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 gave me a good, gave me a good laugh to myself so i thought i'd share p.s sending good vibes to craig his wife and little baby luigi <laughs> 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 kale Riv, i give you a fucking gold star for that list of feedback
3: well, Luigi's out now, the way you all laughed at the name. <laughs> Fucking
2: Luigi. How great would that be? If Luigi you decided, Lockwood. If you decided to name him Luigi, that would be the greatest <laughs> surprise of all time. Oh, our baby's, baby Luigi's born and everyone's happy. Luigi. Fucking Luigi. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Luigi Lockwood. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Jeff, would you like to take the next question?
2: Yes, I would. This one comes from
0: at Parker.
1: Ninety-one percent of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: Seth Ricketson. Rickitson. Seth Ricketson. This is a two-part question. I'm sure you've been answered. You've answered this in previous episodes, but I'm too lazy to go back and search. This happens a lot. Uh, Seth, don't worry. We get a lot of people are too lazy to they re ask the same questions. Does coffee etching? mono steel give you a black or darker finish than ferric chloride and if so what water to nescafe ratio works best now my suggestion would be to join moreko's patreon and then ask him yourself or give it a shot let's okay see what he says
4: let's do the broad strokes version first off the ratio is like a two to one ratio so two cups of distilled water uh, if you were measuring with, with a measuring cup, two cups of distilled water to one cup of Nescafe. And I'm pretty sure in the seven ounce containers, that's three and a half cups. Uh, so you can just do the math from there. I usually use the whole thing for half a gallon or two liters mixture. And then <clears throat> uh, monosteel. Okay. Uh, when it comes to monosteel, it just depends on the material, honestly, and what is actually Especially alloying uh, elements they got in them um, that helped lead to darkening. Um, when I've done fifty two 100, I actually found that I got a better darkening out of ferric than I did from the coffee. Um, and then when it comes to other seals like 10 series stuff, especially like 1075, 1080, um, uh, you can get a good a pretty solid darkening out of both ferric and coffee. When you get to 1095 though, um, it lacks the manganese content to really um, to really do much. It stays kind of a kind of a matte gray, which is not usually what people are looking for. And if it's not a culinary knife, I would just say chemically blew it and to darken it up. You know, it's easy to control. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward process, um, and that's using a form of acids. I don't know exactly. I don't know a lot about chemically bluing, but that would be my way of doing it if I was just doing like a, a hunting knife or, or Bowie knife or something like, and something non-culinary. Um, Outside of that, though, you know, part of what really like, especially when etching Damascus, what you're relying on are the dissimilar dissimilar qualities of the two steels. So, say it's kind of a standard mixture of 15 and 20 and and 1080. That 15 and 20 has a high nickel content, and that nickel, um, it, it, the dissimilarity because of that nickel, um, creates a, what's called a galvanic reaction, and so it actually makes the dark material etch more aggressively than it would on its own um, There's like, because it creates kind of a, a chemical electrical circuit within the, the etching medium. And so whenever those kind of dissimilar metals are present, they, the one will etch much more aggressively than the other. But they have to be part of the same material. You can't just have a bar of 15 and 20 in the uh, in the acid with a bar of, or a blade of 1095 or 1080 or anything. Like, they have to be physically in contact with each other as the same material as as in Damascus. Um, so that's what I got.
2: There you go.
3: Okay, couldn't ask for better. Okay, where are we? John um, Marston. John, John Marston, yes. Um, question if I still have time. Um, I don't know if he's got an illness or something like that, so. <laughs> you're, okay, you're okay John send us a message. let us know if you're okay. if I still have time um, as a knife maker with years experience do you ever create a 100% deliberate and flawless knife or is the striving for that level of excellence that makes you a great maker um, do you ever create a 100% deliberate and flawless Well, I mean surely the, the goal every time is to you know to create to deliberately create a 100% flawless knife um but you know, the, the, you always see something well, personally, I always see something in there and it's like, oh shit, next time it'll be better. You know, and that particular thing maybe you'll work on with the next bunch of knives and you'll get rid of that flaw. But as you get better and better, you will notice other flaws that you wouldn't you wouldn't notice as a sort of I'm an sure. as you know, somebody who's just got into it that, that the more you do, the more flaws you would notice. Um so it's quite rare that you'll have something that you're one hundred percent happy with. With regards to 100% deliberate, yeah, I mean that's that's always the the goal, obviously, to make a, a knife as as good as you can make. Yeah. Are you
2: still moving around that chair? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Okay, no. Sure? no. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. What do you I th- think it's important. To, I think it's important to to I don't know. For me personally, I've tried to figure out ways in which to. <sighs> limit problems and try to every stage has this starting and stopping point and then there are like you know you don't go to the next step before meeting a certain level of quality so I'm constantly trying to figure out ways and ways way to make things better um, I do try to make everything as good as possible and then the next knife like Craig was saying better and better the hammer stuff was interesting because like I'm also, without the, I mean, the knife business is like one thing where I have the set of standards and like every stage is a set of standards and I don't let certain things go out. I've totally seen things where I don't like how they turned out and I rip the handle off and start over. Um, But at the same time, I try not to get myself to the point where I have to do that. The hammer stuff's interesting because I'm not looking, the blacksmithing, I'm not looking for, at the time when you, when you're forging, you're forging in the moment and there's spontaneity and things happen and at a, you know, smallest level and the tiniest things happen and you just, some things you accept. And I am far more interested in the ability to be in a type of flow state or a relaxed state and great things happen. Um, that's the one thing that, you know, that's the one thing for me that I'm most interested in as a blacksmith is like have a complete understanding to the point where you're kind of avoiding problems. And then if perfection happens, perfection happens. I don't go out looking for perfection. I go out for more. I I go out for more. I'm more interested in different pursuits. Okay. Yeah. I think
4: um, if you think, you have made a 100% deliberate and flawless knife, you're fooling yourself and you're honestly cutting yourself short because as many knives as I've, as I've made over the last almost 12 years, every knife I send out, I know that there's room for improvement. And I think that's real where the real value of this craft is, is the constant opportunity for learning. And so I think, you know, give yourself room to make those mistakes um, you know, I think too often people think that a master is somebody who never makes mistakes, but I, the, the best quote I ever heard was a master is not somebody who never makes a mistake, but who knows how to fix every mistake. And that wisdom and that experience comes from fucking shit up and, but also trying to have enough pay close enough attention to learn from those lessons. And I think, I think for me and the, the direction I'm trying to go more um, to kind of, take a page out of Jeff's philosophical book is just for it to be more of a practice and be okay with some of the small tiny in in, insignificant flaws um, is what I would call them. They're, they're good enough for the material and for the blade to be sent out, but there's always room for improvement. Um, but you can't be too hard on yourself about small mistakes that ultimately do not affect the overall aesthetic or performance of the blade. Now, if it's starting to mess with the performance of the thing, then that's a different question. Um, yeah. But I think you really got to give yourself room to to be able to make mistakes and to learn from them. Um, because otherwise, honestly, if you think you're, you're going to make a 100% flawless knife, you're never going to finish the thing ever.
0: Yeah.
3: Ever. Yeah. Wise words. Um, here's some more wise words. If you are looking for any stainless Damascus, you need to buy the best stuff, which is Dharma steel. Um, DharmaSteel.se is the website. Go take a look at the patterns that they have. They have, have some amazing, amazing patterns, really sort of original stuff there as well. They also sell pants, I've been told. So, you know, if you want mm-hmm. DharmaSteel pants, you know where to go. Um, but yeah, Steel Lab on Instagram. Go take a look. Loads of inspiring stuff on there. Some beautiful, beautiful work where people are using... You know the best steel out there to make this kind of stuff. So yeah, Dharmasteel.se If you use Knife Talk at checkout, you'll get ten percent off your order too. Are those
4: British pants or American pants? American okay. pants. <clears throat> just want to be yes. clear.
3: What's the difference? Yeah.
4: Br- British pants would be
3: very,
2: very <laughs> <my> fine DharmaSteel <laughs> underwear. <laughs> Wait, what's British pants in so America? Valentine's pants? Day has
3: just passed as well. Unfortunately, they missed out on that Valentine's uh, underwear. From-
2: so pants in in the in 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 English is underwear.
3: Is underwear, like underpants. Yeah, yeah. What do you call so we'd, them? We'd, trousers? What you call pants? We call trousers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Seems like a lot of extra words, extra letters. Trousers. Well, it's you know. We sort of. What do you call shorts? So. short trousers, shorts. Hmm. How about? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> we Can you just sell some fucking trousers. <laughs> some trousers. <laughs> some trousers. What do you call long, long underwear? Trousers.
4: Just long underwear.
2: I, I I don't know what you mean by long. Underwear. What? Long, you don't know what a long underwear is? Long johns? Oh, long johns. Okay. Yes,
3: yeah, long johns. We'd call them long johns, I suppose. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. I wonder why they call them long johns. Hmm. Someone get on that. You know, <laughs>
3: going <laughs> slightly off topic here, but um, on Facebook, I I am always getting ads for different things, and um, yeah, as everybody does, um, but one of the ads that always comes up is AliExpress. You know, if you want to buy cheap shit from China. And um, but they start to show me these weirdest things, and that yeah, people are obviously going to say it comes from whatever you've been searching for in the past, you know, and all that kind of thing. But believe me, I haven't been searching for these things. But they're underwear, underpants, but they've got like a, a sock, so you can put your your piece into it. It's <laughs> like a separate part. Yeah, it's a tackle yeah. drawer, and they keep showing me. The, yeah, and they keep showing me these things all the time, and some of the designs are like the weirdest things in the world, but. Yeah. So every wait. time I'm on Facebook, I'll show my heart. I said, Look at this, what they're showing me today. So it's either that or like Wait, so wait, so <laughs> ladies wait, wait Ladies wait. onesies where like the arsehole is, is taken out. <laughs> <It's bizarre. laughs> Why they show me these things? I don't know. Uh
2: huh. So so the so the underpants you're you're putting you're putting your, your piece out like through like a sleeve of a shirt. It's, it's exactly, like a pocket. Yes,
3: yeah. It's but it's not a pocket there's no end to it. So it's kind of like pee. those
2: oh. is it kind of like those it's socks that have the toe that the toe separations you ever seen those fucking socks? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, pretty much. So but the, you, but, but you, it,
3: there's not there's not ones for your balls as well. I mean it's just literally, you know, just just the
2: one. Is there but doing. you
3: can pee through it? Yeah, there's no end to it. So you
2: can you could sort of cinch it up a bit, <laughs> have a little pee and cinch you back down. So, uncircumcised <laughs> underwear. Sounds you know, terrible. I just opened
3: Facebook, and if if this ad comes up, I shall send you the screenshot.
2: No, don't send, it. don't not I don't want. It. <laughs> no. You know, that's what's going to happen. Is fucking Mark Zuckerberg's going to send me some Jeff <laughs> underwear wants to see ads? It too. Jeff doesn't want to see it. Jeff doesn't want anything to do with it. You know that is the funny thing is I was talking to somebody about something, and then all of a sudden I started getting ads for it. So I'm sure we're all, everyone's listening to the show. You're about to get some. You're about to get some unsolicited underwear ads.
4: Well, and you guys know about like phones sharing data with each other, right?
2: Go ahead. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 And so
4: yeah. I, maybe it's the people you've been hanging out with, Craig. Maybe that's your mother-in-law, and maybe she's interested <laughs> in the <a> cheeky finger. <laughs> More than you realise. Oh jeez.
2: Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. Sue.
3: I know she doesn't listen, but I think other members of the family may oh, do. Shit. So let's let's Sorry, let's, family. let's let's keep it clean. But <laughs> way past that, I know, but anyway, Woo. where were we? Narin M um, question. Uh, which is more important for colouring knives? Is it thinness or blade edge geometry and why? Hmm, that's a good question. And I suppose, you know geometry could come down to you know thinness too i suppose yeah um but personally i think for most people's uses people care too much about uh geometry and stuff if it's thin and sharp it's going to do a really good job that's you know Agreed. that's the sort of the basics of it um so i'd say that's far more important making sure it's thin because i'm sure we've all used cheap cheap you know really fat sort of chef knives, and they just, they're the worst. It's like chiseling through stuff rather than slicing. Um, but, yeah, you guys may think differently what you think.
4: I know that Laren, Dr. Laren Thomas, his on his Knife Steel Nerds uh, blog has actually covered edge geometry, and I think it goes, goes into it a little bit uh, in knife engineering, um, the book. And so, and it's right there with what you're saying. It's Thinner is a little bit more thinner at the edge is more important than the actual angle that it's sharpened at. Um, and so, but I think it's, I think it's a balance of both. You, ultimately you gotta, you gotta test your stuff out or ha- get, you know, intentionally get feedback either from somebody that who is knowledgeable and understands this stuff or, or, uh, like a chef, or you maybe have a friend, or make a friend with a chef, or somebody who understands, you know, f- especially for a culinary knife, culinary knife, what they want it to feel like when it's cutting through the food. The lack of resi- for me, um, it, it it used to be about trying to develop, you know, as much or um, uh, to lessen. I'm sorry, the stickion of food to the blade. Um, but ultimately, what I've come down to is the, the cut friction, the ease of cut is much more important to me. And that's going to happen with a thin edge.
2: Mm. A
1: yeah. thin blade what and a thin think, edge, yeah. you know,
4: sharp edge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll do a little back office. I'm sorry for doing this, but uh, Craig, you do sound a little bit low. Just... Really? Yeah, you sound a little okay. bit low and in and out just a hair, as if you're moving or not tight on the mic. Sorry, the guys are going to say something. I'm sorry. Um, I think that one of the interesting things is about culinary knives is also that we don't talk about is the radius of the of the blade profile. I think that there's a lot of people who, mm. when they cook, I don't honestly believe the home cook does a lot of that. Uh, you know that. That slicing. What is it? The slicing. We go up and down. Not you know. It's like the pull. What is it, the push cut? Push cuts. I don't think there's a lot of. I don't think as many home cooks push cut as you'd think. They should though. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> you. F- you should do what feels comfortable. And I think that. I think that. You know, when you're looking at a knife like a Nakiri, which has got a very flat edge, they're not that comfortable to use for some people, based on how you're cooking them. Obviously, it's some of it's cultural. Some of it's the way you cook. But some mm-hmm. of it's just the fact that you know when you're cooking. A lot of times, I've changed my profile to put less material in the front half, so I have a very easy radius going from the tip to the heel, and I'm not throwing extra material at that front half, so it's kind of like you know, like a more. I want it to be more gradual the whole way, mm-hmm. and it's because the way I cook is I I don't do I don't do the push cut. I I mean it's just like I. I base the way I cook on how I'm mincing onions and cutting carrots and doing that stuff. And I just don't necessarily think, I think a lot of profiles, I think I notice, and this is something that might be controversial, I notice when I see profiles of a lot of knife maker's knives, when I see certain profiles, the first thing that goes off in my head is that person doesn't like to cook. Or that maybe that person doesn't cook, or doesn't enjoy cooking. And I've said this before. If you're making culinary knives, you should learn how to cook. I don't mean you need to be a tweezer guy like doing <laughs> stuff for like you know four star restaurants. You should like to be in the physical activity of cooking, and then once you're in the physical activity of cooking, then you start to realize what you like, and maybe it's too thin. I've known knives that are so thin they're uncomfortable to use. Believe it or not, like they're almost too thin. You like, mean at the spine? Not... The 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 whole profile. The whole profile is the whole edge is it's the whole thing is too thin. Yeah. I've used knives that are too thick. I've made knives that are too thick. And the one thing that I like the most is the 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 geometry of the profile. The profile to me is something that we don't really talk about. And a lot of it's because a lot of culinary knife makers, they don't like to cook, which is sure. fine. But you know, if you <laughs> like to cook and you figure out how you cook and what ma- makes you like to cook good, then maybe it might make your knives better for other people. Yeah.
4: Well, and even if you're not interested in cooking, I think understanding how the tool that you're creating works is crucial. And there's a book called the edge, sorry, an edge in the kitchen. Uh, which was published several years ago. Uh, but it's a really good book, and it goes through kind of like knife design, but more so it spends more time talking about uh, different cuts and how to accomplish those cuts. It goes through uh, mincing, dicing, batonet, uh, brunoise, you know, julien, all these different styles of cutting. And techniques and it so it teaches you how to use that knife to have quote-unquote as it says on the cover an edge in the kitchen and that's more about the knife skills and when you develop those skills you will also that will then inform you how to create a knife that performs better uh, I think often I hear people especially people who don't really know what the hell they're talking about or know how to really use a knife, say that, oh, I love a nice flat area right in the belly. But the problem with a flat area is you will often not get a complete cut because that the, the, the force that you are putting into that knife in that cut is distributed across that entire flat area. But if you have a long, gentle radius like what Jeff's talking about, you will always have a, a more focused area of force that will help get a complete yeah. cut um and so that i think that's something i honestly i mean outside of knives like in the Kiri war it's very intentional and there's like that's the actual design of the knife that is de- meant for a very specific thing but a general maybe more european style chef's knife knife especially profile you want some curve to it because especially if you're doing a lot of rock chopping and cutting To get that complete cut if there's a large flat area you just it's not gonna happen and when it comes to that person maintaining that knife or trying to maintain that knife and honing or stone sharpening or whatever even if they take it to a professional that flat area is gonna be the first place to develop a weird dip is gonna make it a pain in the ass to use and not fun for anybody
2: do you guys have any cookbooks that you would suggest for our listeners and i want you to just take a minute and we'll i have two cookbooks that i think would be very good for their listeners but before before we go into that i love it i like it more when you speak french i like it when you use french words why i think it's funny to be honest I, with you. Well, I think I'm, it's good i was pretty impressed i was, I was impressed I was too impressed. but i was impressed too but like you know i want i want you to keep i want you to keep at it because i like hearing you speak french okay <laughs>
4: it's giving it's giving him the one. okay my wife speaks french and so i I, we practice i practice trying to actually do you my wife does not me so but yeah
2: she speaks a few different languages she
4: speaks like six different languages wow
2: wow that's
4: like fluently um not entirely fluently she has the most um background in french and spanish Um, but between those she can also understand and speak some portuguese and italian uh she speaks some german um obviously english um, and she knows some enough Korean to get by in Korea. Wow.
2: Jeez. That's amazing. We'll see where the brains, brains are in that family.
4: My, my <laughs> brains are in my hands. Her brains are actually in her head. <laughs>
2: Cheeky finger. <I'm> Cheeky finger. <laughs> funny, so. Yeah. Uh, I wanna, I, you have any suggestions of any cookbooks, guys, that our listeners could get that would help them? Yeah. Hmm. I got one.
4: The best cookbook. I think it's written by America's Test Kitchen, and it's a really great – I call it my Bible, um, my cooking Bible, because it goes through all the various different kind of standard ways of doing things from roasting chickens to how to break down a chicken or making bread, dough, and everything kind of in between. Um, I really like that one. I also like The Food Lab by uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt. is another really like – it's a tome, and so it's, it's just got a ton of really – in-depth information and understand it, it's not just the recipes but the understanding of how they came to that recipe uh and the technique mm-hmm. and the understand and a deeper understanding of the techniques used to create that recipe to create kind of create an all-around general education as well as teaching you how to like a good recipe for how to make <sighs> i don't know deviled eggs or
2: something like Devil eggs is basic but like he's good no he's good serious eats is good too there. Yeah, they they do them. a very very good job you have any have any cookbooks you recommend craig
3: not really. I, I don't really buy any anymore. It's all um, I used to I used to buy a lot, bolognese, but um,
2: bolognese, bolognese, yeah, bolognese.
3: I just stop on the bolognese and now it's done. <laughs> um, when um, like family members and stuff, like if, if it's you know, there's been times like for Christmas, I'll give them a knife, and then they're like, oh shit, they're a bit sort of intimidated. So I always recommend the uh, the Ministry of Food, the one of the Jamie Oliver books, because that's like from mm-hmm. very sort of basic stuff, you know, how to use a knife. And all that kind of stuff, you know. So that that's really basic. So if you you know if you're new to cooking, or you know if you want to learn some basic knife skills, I mean that's a pretty good one. But um, yeah, most of the stuff I get now is pretty sort of niche in, into what I want to learn. You know, you know that specific thing. You know, you know it'll be on you know specifically on meat or specifically on vegetables. You know, it's not an all round kind of stuff now that I buy.
2: I used to suggest there's one cookbook I got back in the day. That I would suggest often, and it's it's called it's from Tom Colicchio, and it's called Think Like a Chef, mm. and they're they're not recipes as much as techniques, and then the techniques translate. So there'll be a whole thing on braising, and then there'll be a whole thing on you know sautéing, and then he mm. shows you how you can kind of like use that mindset to kind of do a recipe, and it's very very intuitive, but it's also very much more like. Having a deep understanding of each technique, which makes you get a better understanding. People follow recipes, and it's sometimes it can be you know stifling and not understanding what you're doing. And think like a chef is a very good one. And mm-hmm. then I just got the Cooking at Home, Cooking at Home from uh, David Chang. That's a great cookbook because. There's he uses this expression called sandbagging, where it says you're cutting corners. Like he's using (laughs) microwaves, or he's like, you know, and he's figuring out ways to which to make it more easy and fun to cook at home. And it's a great cookbook, and it's got really simple ways to to kind of like make things without it being such a mess. And he's he's a very interesting character, and not to mention his podcast is dynamite. Uh, The David the David Chang Show is definitely. I listen to it all the time. I think it's a really great podcast. But yeah, his cookbook, Cooking at Home, is a... If you're not a big cook, if you don't, if you kind of want to make something, but you're just like, you don't want to make a whole big mess. Actually, I'll tell you, I'm going to... be Spoiler alert. His his He's got this dessert. Wait till you hear this dessert. This dessert. He said, this is the greatest dessert of all time. And he says, I've never had a better dessert than this. This is the ultimate dessert of all time. The dessert is you take a pan and then you put some butter in the pan. And then you roast or he calls it roasting, but you saute a glazed donut in the buttered pan and you saute it until it's crispy and then you put some fucking vanilla ice cream on top. He says once you saute the donut, it turns, and you can get one from Dunkin' Donuts, you know, Krispy Kreme, whatever you want. You get a bullshit glazed donut anywhere. He says there's nothing better at dessert than a hot glazed sauteed donut with vanilla ice cream. Nice. Nice. Sandbag. One
4: more I've been wanting to check out is by your homie Jacques Papin who uh, wrote La Methode. So it's a basic techniques for French style cooking, French techniques. It's got like 140 recipes in it. Everything's kind of breaks down the various techniques that are used to make those recipes. Um, I've heard that's a really
2: good one. And if you don't like reading cookbooks, his following him, following him on Facebook, his videos are so easy and so good. They're and they're
3: like five six minutes. Six to that, minutes. Not,
2: Everyone yeah. is a banger. They fi- his his daughter Claudine and their and the son in law figured it out, and they make banger five minute recipes. And he uh, uses my knife, which is always very nice. So.
3: <laughs> it is interesting what you said about learning to cook like a chef, as opposed to just following a recipe, because my wife is like the recipe to the letter. You know, I can walk into the kitchen and something's burning. I'm like, is, you know, there's smoke everywhere. Fire alarm's going off. And she's like, well, well, it says 15 minutes and it's only been 12. I'm like, but you can see it's fucking <laughs> burning. Turn it off. She's like, no, it, everything is, you know, by the letters. There's no sort of feel to it. You know, it, it's cooking by numbers. There's
2: certain people – my wife hates – cooking. She loves baking. She's an awesome baker. Her banana bread, I've never had a better banana bread by by anybody. And I've had and my dad used to make them at the Rainbow Room. And I, I, no one's ever made a better banana bread than my wife. She does not like to cook food. She doesn't like to saute. She'll make some eggs for when Lila was younger, or French toast or pancakes. But like, if she had to make dinner, we once, when I was at Alva with uh, Tony, my wife was at home. She was a nursing student. And all of a sudden... There's a call on the intercom, Jeff, uh, the chef needs you in the kitchen. My wife called up the kitchen to ask the chef, why is I'm cooking chicken, the outside is burnt, but the inside's frozen. The chef turns to me and he goes, this is the middle of service, (laughs) this is the middle of service. And he goes, Jeff, your wife, I stopped everything because your wife called. And she wants to know why she burned a frozen piece of chicken. (laughs) And I was just like, chef, I don't know what to say. And, I, and it's just like, he says, he says, you got to teach her how to cook because you can't have her calling in the middle of service asking me why this happened. And it was hilarious. I called my wife. I was just like, yo, you cannot call the kitchen in the middle of service to figure out why you fucked up a piece of frozen chicken. So she took a frozen chicken out of the freezer and put it in the frying pan. Where was, was that it? Tony? <laughs> was like, no, well, it was Scotty, but Tony okay. was there too. So. Uh, but,
3: uh, I, you know, I'm amazed at the people who don't cook, and some people even use a badge of honor. You're like, Oh, I'm terrible in the kitchen. What am I like? <laughs> I'm amazed by it because they're just missing out on so much sort of joy as well. You know, it's crazy.
2: I'm, crazy. you know, what's interesting is I like on Instagram, I like the amount of people who are doing these. I used to hate it when people said, Here's a food hack. You know, cooking is a, <laughs> and now all of a sudden everything's a fucking hack. But the videos, sometimes they're really good. We've I've used a lot of videos. I'll uh, send my kid. What do you think? And we'll make some of these videos. I do this uh, Korean pickled cucumber that's dynamite. We have it. That's on the that's on the menu. We've got it from one of these, you know, Instagram videos. You know, some of them yes. are dynamite. I mean, they're awesome. Yeah. So,
3: but I honestly think anybody can cook. You just need to sort of love it and spend the time, you know, and put put some love into it. But I think. You
2: know it's, it's not hard is it really? well you know it, I think that there needs to be a deeper understanding of how you know what is what tastes good and then well, what mm. tastes good is and you figure out if maybe I can do this and I can do this and next thing you know you enjoy it and and for me my wife doesn't cook at all and my kid loves my cooking like when she goes to a friend's house she will tell me you know my friend's parents can't cook at all like it was like she, it's like a for me it's like a badge of it's a badge of pride that my kid says yeah you know she's just like my friend's parents can't fucking cook at all and it's i love that shit and i love being able to Nurture my family with food. We're gonna make pasta tonight. She, they're excited. We're gonna make we're gonna make pizzoli tomorrow night. We're gonna have some other things in a couple nights, and they look forward to it. And there is something about that that's great. And I think you need to kind of understand. Like, if you look at the most simplest things, what's the most what, a delicious underrated sandwich? Peanut butter and jelly is a great sandwich, and the reason why is because the peanut butter's salty. It's roasted. It's got a you know some you know some fat in it it's it's and then it has then you cut that with the jelly which is sweet and tart and stuff like that and you create this perfect combination and i think when you start to think about food in a way that's understanding that you know the, about contrast and taste and stuff like that and you start to enjoy it then maybe you enjoy cooking and then if you enjoy cooking maybe you may be a better knife maker mm. this ted talk at was at least culinary it, knife maker <laughs> Yeah, culinary knife maker. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I see some. You know, we've seen master bladesmiths make culinary knives, and we've seen them use them, and it's just like, whoa, <laughs> you, know, <there's, laughs> you know, there's some, there's yeah. some, there's some, there's a lack there. There's a big lack. I would, I would be if I was a master bladesmith and I didn't like to cook and I didn't understand culinary knives, I would probably try to like figure something out. I've seen some horseshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: We need to do our cook-offs again. My, I got my new kitchen now, so well, I'm, a, I'm ready. I'm Maybe once a month we could do a I'm cook-off. I'm the champion,
2: so don't I de- determine the? That's don't true. I determine that? That, you that was the problem. We, you get in the kitchen. That
3: was the problem. We couldn't let the public decide because oh, they didn't are you
2: kidding know what me? They,
3: were they did not know what they were doing.
2: Oh, yeah, I'll blow your doors off any day, any time. When you <laughs> get that kitchen ready, if you want another whipping, I'm, I'll feed it to you. Jeff does make pretty food. Okay.
3: Let's, let's take some suggestions
2: from Well, the you guys got to figure what something out. we you f- we, we, have to have we have to have it. We have to have, You know, I make good food. I know what I'm doing. You have a fucking diploma, motherfuckers. <laughs> diploma. I do. I have a diploma at the culinary school. <laughs> That's
3: all the thick kids had in my school. <laughs> they did a, dip- they did a calling diploma. calling a thick kid,
2: you son of a bitch. you, <laughs> <laughs> you me a thick kid. How dare you?
3: Ah, Canadians, are you listening? We can get you some awesome stuff. All this time, you've been getting stuff from the States and shipping it in and paying extra costs and shipping all that. You don't need to. You can go to Um They're the one-stop shop for knife makers. steels, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kills, and more. Go to maritimeknivesupply.com. And if you're buying belts, if you buy 10, and they're, they're a combat reseller as well, so you can buy combat abrasives from them. If you buy 10 or more, you'll get 10%
2: off, so why wouldn't you?
3: Right there. We
2: got, to, we got dilemmas. If you want to do one dilemma, and get the fuck out of here. P.S. Let's, Maritime Knife Supply makes some coffee. So get yourself a coffee. Some coffee too. Okay. Let's do a dilemma. Come on. All right. This one comes from Mark Mayer. So, guys, if you want to send in something to the show, follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and you can DM us questions. You can interact with the show. You can share your Sharple. You can, you know, blah, blah, blah. All right. So this one comes from Mark Mayer. Hey, Jeff, here's a dilemma. You're invited to a family wedding across country. Your two young children are are not invited. Do you go to the wedding and bring the kids anyway? Oops, we're all here. We're all here anyway. Or do you find a babysitter who you've never met or trusted with your kids while you attend the wedding? (laughs) Thanks for the the consistent content. Uh, By the way, the babysitter... Pardon me. The babysitter being in the town of the wedding is in. Leaving the kids in Wisconsin was not an option that oh, he was giving. Away. What would you, what would we do? Have you ever been in that situation where you get invited to a wedding, but their kid's not invited?
4: I, I got that happening no. in March in just a couple we weeks. Hate. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a lifelong friend of my wife's. Um, and so what's happening is my wife is just going to cruise over by herself. Um, mm. But yeah. So I'm gonna stay home with the dude, uh, and fortunately, we here in town we have family to help. So while uh, while I'm at the at the shop still working, uh, his grandparents will be able to swoop him up from school and and hang with him for a little bit before I get back to the house and help with dinner and whatnot. But yeah, you know, we just decided that only one of us could go. I mean, we both could have gone, but still, the kid wouldn't have been able to go. And so it's what what's the point of all four of us or three of us? Flying if only one of us is gonna go to the yeah. thing anyways.
2: That's a weird move when you don't like kids go to a wedding. It's a weird move. Well it's like what, I had what do you too. what are you
4: doing there? dude did you I had want, that... don't want the kids to go
2: <laughs> well i mean i'm telling you it's like I, you know what i used to love go, when i was a kid i used to love going to weddings sure and you, you when you're a kid you meet up with other kids and you're running around and you're doing you know you're stealing Sliding cigarettes across the dance floor you know yeah. what i'm talking about you know <laughs> <laughs> Fucking drinking beers and yeah. beers out of people's things
4: <laughs> you're picking up all the wounded soldiers dude dude
2: yeah i <laughs> that yeah of course <laughs> I mean, that's the fun part about a wedding. no one gives a shit. they're all too wasted to watch you you know do all sorts of debauchery. <laughs> Yeah. I hotwired a I hotwired a <laughs> golf cart. I went to a wedding at a golf cart at a golf uh, club once. Yeah. And I hotwired one of the golf carts. And I was <laughs> seven or eight, eight or eight or so, Jesus. eight or nine. And wow. I took th- I took some kids for a ride. Oh boy. <laughs> and I was just lucky that we didn't crash it was at night. I was lucky yeah, yeah. we didn't crash it and I was lucky it didn't run out of juice. And I brought it back, and I was a fucking cool kid right there. So Let's wow. see if this thing works. Yeah. but I don't. Jeez. I think that's. I think I. I. We got invited. We got invited to a, a family wedding, and they said no kids allowed. And we're like, well, guess who's not coming to their fucking wedding? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think people who don't have kids think very differently. The minute you have kids, you think very, very differently. If you know what but I mean. But kids are fun at so, weddings because then they're like, then yeah, the exactly. bride yeah. takes
2: the picture with the little kid yeah, who's looking cute. up beautifully, yeah. super cute.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, kids at weddings. Yeah. So, wh- wh- um, but yeah, if, but if if I'm invited and we're told no kids, we probably wouldn't go. To be honest with you, because you know, we're a family. We we do things together.
2: Have you guys been to weddings lately? I mean, not the lately. Last the wedding... last two years, obviously, there have been a lot of weddings. But no, I no,
3: I can't. The last wedding I went,
2: I, I tell you a story about the last wedding I went yeah, to. It was back in the UK.
3: Oh man! So, um, a friend from school who hadn't who hadn't seen for years, but he was very close with with a friend that I'm close with. So he, I was sort of one of his sort of fringe friends, but we had this joint friend that you know kept us together, kind of thing. Anyway, invited to his, his wedding, and I know his wife I'd only met once. She was she was quite she was a big girl, so to say, <laughs> but I know that she'd lost a lot of weight, and everybody was saying like she's lost so much. What you wouldn't believe it. Like, well, anyway, okay, so. Amy and I we, we drive and it is in the countryside and we we drive in. We go in and I knew I wouldn't know many people there anyway, so we go in and we you know we, we, we got a little card and they had one of those little you know cute post boxes and you put the card in the post box, you know, and there and, and you head over to the bar then. We you know it was a free bar so it was we, we take a drink. There's a buffet in the corner, we go where we have something to eat. Anyway, the lights all come on. Shh. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the bride and groom for the first dance. They come out didn't have a fucking clue that we were in the wrong place
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, right. so so we're, we're, t- we're sort of two drinks in now we got a plate of food in our hand too we're like oh shit we do you know we need to sort of go <laughs> but we'd left the 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 gift which was basically vouchers that you know that they for some certain store that they wanted we'd put it through the post box oh no so we so everybody's oh watching God. them all dancing and there's me with my hand in the post box trying to pick up the fucking <laughs> envelope <laughs> So a member of staff sees what's happening, come, comes along, and so we explain oh, we have actually did the wrong place, you know, sorry, and uh, you know the place was Brecon in it back in back in Wales. It's a very small village, and they were like, oh, but it's only just five minutes down the road. There's another venue. It must be there because they're the only two venues within you know hundred miles of here. Um, so anyway, they helped us. We got the gift back, and we we went Yikes. back to the other wedding then. Holy smokes. But uh, yeah, we were there for a good, I'd say, 45 minutes.
4: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, great.
3: <laughs> we were two drinks in, and we were just like, oh, Gate sad. crashing. Don't know anybody here. <laughs> yeah. But like, they came out, and at first I was like, well, I know she's lost a lot of weight, but she looks very different. i like, that's not even them. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I And I think that could have been the last wedding I went to. That was probably... Four years ago. Yeah. Jeez, there was a, there was a period where like all of my friends were getting married at the same time. So like for two or three years, there was like you know we had you know a bunch of weddings every summer, you know, and that's all dried up now. So we'd be on to second wedding soon, I'm
4: sure. <laughs> yeah. I've been to a wedding in a while. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Probably been about four. Or
3: I five do like years a wedding. As well.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Well, there you go. It's all funerals now. I mean- but if you
3: were going to a wedding in Texas, <laughs> where would you stop? On the way, anywhere you would think of, probably the Dallas Fort
4: Worth area.
2: I would go to really? the Texas Farrier Supply and get myself some. I <laughs> get myself some <laughs> Texas Farrier Supply stuff, or I get some in right away. The perfect Rido wedding wet. gift.
3: The perfect wedding.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone needs a bit of grit on their wedding night. Yeah. <laughs> So, alright, so there's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go <laughs> to TexasFairSupply.com put in promo code FULLBLAST, uh, knife Talk 10 and you get yourself 10% off when you get that Indasa USA Rhinoet. Cause, guys, listen, if you're gonna sand some with some paper, that's the best stuff there is. <laughs> They're picking sandwich.
3: God, we're professionals. We, we do I mean, this like s- every week.
2: Get ready because this is going to be some more of this. So get yourself some of that Indasa USA sandpaper at Texas Ferry Supply. Put in promo code knife talk10 and get yourself 10% off. And it's great. And those guys are awesome. They have all sorts of knife making supplies and blacksmithing supplies. And Evan and the guys are doing a great job. So Texas Ferry Supply, Indasa USA. Boom. There we go. There we go. We'll
3: never be invited to a wedding in Texas, ever,
2: ever. I to remember, yeah.
3: ah, Right. I think that was a good show. I think we're done. What do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and we should speak to you all next week. Bye for now.
4: This show is brought to you by The Makery. There we go. That was fun. So if you're gonna
3: do some sandpaper, <laughs> <laughs> if
2: you're gonna sand with some paper. This is the same. I think we're gonna be saying that from now on. I think that's it. That's
3: the new strap line. If you're gonna sand with paper, sand yeah. without paper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna sand with paper, and Das USA is where to go. Uh, that's but,
3: good.
2: Uh, what
3: did I want? To, I want to talk about uh, Pam and Tommy. Oh yeah. The uh, yeah. So it's I'll say it's on Disney over here, which is crazy. Oh, right. Um, but I saw a clip of it just the other day. And <laughs> so, I from what I can like gather, a trailer, or what how, do you mean a clip? A, a, just a, a clip okay. of it, like not a trailer, but just like a, a few minutes okay, of okay. it, if you like. And um, so, basically, um, they it's, it's, it must have been the first episode because it's when they first meet and they go back to this hotel room. And um, he stands there and says, are you ready to meet him? Oh, my God. And like we all know exactly what we're, you know, because he's, know, got a he's piece, quite legendary, right. apparently. He's got, he's got some. So he, he pulls down his underpants, as we'd say, and there's just a full-on shot of this large appendage, right? Um, anyway, they end up, you know, they do it. <laughs> That's what <pretty laughs> the British word They do it. And um, <laughs> then he goes to the bathroom, and she can hear him talking to something or to somebody, and you're like, "Well, there's nobody in the bathroom with him. What's this?" So then, like, the, the camera goes in as if like you're going in to see what this noise is, and it's Tommy standing there talking to his penis. <laughs> but in this weird show, his penis is talking back to him. What the? Right? F- so it's second. sort of moving, <laughs> and it's got a mouth, and it's talking back to him, and it's just like, are you telling no, me? Like,
2: are you telling me that they're showing penis?
3: Oh, complete. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously not real. It's like a puppet because it's talking. This <laughs> is it's on Disney. Like no, I'm not say- Wait, I'm not saying. <laughs> exactly, yeah,
2: I'm not saying. I'm surprised he has a talking penis. I'm su- I'm surprised that on Disney Plus they would have a fucking talking penis.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So anyway, I, that's all I've seen of it, and I've I've seen enough to know I don't want to watch any more. But it was just bizarre, absolutely bizarre.
2: You got me into Tinder Swindler. Mm that that was a uh, that was ah. a fucking good one yeah
3: it's crazy it isn't is it? crazy because at first you're thinking uh, who is he swindling here everybody's having a great time you know
2: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. like, oh right okay you now no, I the, get it the women who were you know swindled who were the mm. kind of like the main attraction of the whole thing it definitely yeah. seemed like they should have kind of had a better clue when they, mm. you know, in, before giving away like hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans, Ears, it just seemed yeah. all very much along the lines of like, at what point do you, you just like wait, wait a second here? But it's definitely that was a fucking good one. And James Bond was good. I watched the James Bond movie. That was really good. And uh what I wonder else I watched. I watched some other bullshit.
3: Sorry, I'm just looking at uh, an image that boss just sent us. <laughs> oh jeez, we the
2: point. Don't send it to me. It's already <laughs> it's in your phone. Oh, it's in my it's phone. Already it's already in, in the, the phone. Wiener.
3: This makes great for great podcast mm, content. laughing at the pictures we send each other. Oh, Jesus
2: Christ. Uh, yes, that is it. That's the right one. That is the right one. Oh, my we God. Go. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Marekko. <laughs> well, should I do the, this read for... Uh, you want to you hear me do an, a read for Full Blast or no? A live read. Ah, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so
3: of context to anybody still listening um jeff's gonna do a live read for um full blast and it's uh an ad so we thought maybe if he does it live on the show we can try and make him laugh so he fucks
2: no don't make me laugh (laughs) i i gotta do it one i gotta try to do it one take and i i I just figured you know i just wanted to try to make you laugh but i was kind of hoping you both would mute yourself so you okay we won't fuck it up you know all right.
3: Okay, come on. I've got it recorded, then, so I can just cut it out. Okay.
2: Are you guys ready? Go for it. All right. this is, guys, this is for Drizzly. Drizzly.com. Okay, you ready? Nice and clean. Nice and clean. Hey, guys. It's me, Jeff. Have you ever been in that situation where you're sitting on the couch and you're watching the big game? Or maybe you're making dinner and you wish you had a drink, but you just you can't get away from the stove. you can't get away from the game? Or maybe even this... You're pouring yourself a nice bubble bath, and all of a sudden you're thinking to myself, I want to sit in this bath for five hours, but the problem is I need some wine, and I don't have anything, and I'm wearing my robe, and obviously I can't go to the liquor store in my robe, and how am I supposed to enjoy this beautiful bath, the bubble bath, without my bottle of wine? Maybe you can celebrate. <laughs> what is going What? You fucked <laughs> me all up, man. I, I thought I was going there. What are you, what are you putting behind me?
3: I'm just pretending buttons just to, to, to get you to stop. Basically, oh, you're getting me to stop. <laughs> what did I say then?
1: Tune it in,
0: turn it up, and rip off the knob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Should I give another? I'm going to give it one more whirl, and then that's it. I can on. Let's let's have a drum roll for this. Hey guys. Have you ever been in the situation where you're on the couch watching a big game or a movie and you didn't, you didn't bring enough beer, or maybe you're having a nice party and you don't want to have to go for a beer run, or even better yet, you're pouring yourself this nice deep bubble bath and you're ready for a five-hour soak, but you didn't bring that bottle of wine. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2022 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without having to leave your couch or get out of your bathrobe and get on the liquor store. Right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order using the code FAST5. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And you use promo code FAST5 for $5 off your first order. Drizzly, go get some. You think they'll take that? (laughs) Yeah, that'll be fine.
3: <laughs> that'll be fine. I would... Go get some. I like it. <laughs>
2: what, what was the other? Get sand, some paper. If you're sanding some paper, get some drizzly. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. If they accept it, then they accept it.
3: Yeah, no, it'll be fine. Be fine. That's all in it. They probably won't
2: even listen. Let's face yeah. it. I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to do like a bubble bath. I was trying to looking for that. Connection. The listeners are like, mm. "Whoa, well, that's a knife talk thing." Who's who's lying in the bath for five hours? <laughs> Craig, <laughs> Craig, Craig, Craig Lockwood yeah. in his bathrobe.
3: You know, I still haven't had this bath yet, um, and it's there. It's
2: waiting. It's waiting. You had a, um, a lot of you had a lot of the mixed messages in regards to bath. One guy told me that I have it wrong, and you have it right, and that I should learn how to love a bath. And then there was another guy who was just like, Craig's crazy. You sit in a bath for five hours? That's crazy. So it's a very divide. Our listenership is very divided on baths. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I've, I've, the problem is I've gone for so long without one, and I love them so much. So, yeah. I'm building this this first one up. It'd be like lose my virginity. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Popping you like your a, cherry again.
2: Do you have like a... P- it will be over in minutes. it will be a mess oh everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez, speaking of drizzly. Jesus. Do you have like a like a pillow you're on in the bed? I would think that... Oh, no. Those, no. I would think that you could, could get some, some, some more comfortable on a, in a bathtub if you're going to be in there for a while.
3: Well, we've got like... Yeah, it's quite an awesome bath that we've just got. So, you know, big roll top thing. So, it's it's pretty comfortable it's massive you know so you can stretch right out so oh yes i can't wait but um, craig
4: in your kitchen do you have a faucet over your stove
3: i don't and that's something that i really did want but we've got a um like an island oh, okay. but the, yeah those, those 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 pot um faucets or uh, taps as we call them over here it, it's, it's only maybe six months ago i'd realized that they were a thing mm. i kept seeing them in other people's like videos and i was like that is such a cool is it? idea you know for, you know for pasta and so it's basically a tap above your stove so if you're filling up a pot with water yeah instead there. of having to, have to lug you know, it over yeah you just fill it yeah. right there yeah. on the stove top really nice idea but yeah we're our house is on an island so it's
2: it's, it's yeah, it'd be all. quick. Oh, I, I thought, wish I had an so. island. I wish I had an island so bad. I would mm. love. You know who's got a? If you watch the Jacques Pepin videos, his kitchen is laid out perfect. Oh yeah. Oh, I love so his perfect. Island. I love his kitchen. His kitchen is awesome. So, that's. I mean, that's the idea is is to have that island so you can like when you're entertaining people, you're not like you know you're back to them. You know.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, previously in in the the other house that we had, we had an island put in there, and we'd spend. We'd have a dining table and stuff as well, but we would never use it. Everybody would just always sit at the island, whether you're just having a drink or just having a chat, you know, and I could be cooking at the same time. It's, it's, it's perfect. So this time, because we were, you know, designing it all from scratch, it's perfect. So there's an island there and, you know, the oven's there and the hob's on top and the, the fridge is, you know, just sort of just to my left and there's a sink just behind. Everything is like within like a meter and a half, everything you need. You know, you don't have to move anywhere. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's lots of storage right at hand, so yeah it's it's pretty cool so yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh using it but we've gone um <laughs> this is boring as hell for anybody <laughs> um but we went for induction um hops oh, yeah. this time, which um I've only used at my sister's house, and I loved it because it's like instant it's just like phew. so yeah it'll be interesting to you know to use that more. they'
2: trying to push so people so are trying to push for that because that. it's a little bit more you know Energy efficient. energy efficient but also yeah. propane apparently is not you know gas is not good for you <laughs> burning gas in your house no, is yeah. not good for you So, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of people saying yeah. that you know induction is the yeah. way to go especially for uh actually i was listening to a podcast about how the restaurant industry can fix a lot of like ecological problems and one is is going into induction interesting mm. but i don't know i don't know about it i wish am i white am I, i'm psyched once we get out of once i get my kid to college I mean, Hillary and I start to look for a new place where she's just like obsessed with getting a really nice, the whole place is going to be wrapped around the kitchen. Like the kitchen sure. is going to be mm-hmm. a huge yeah. part of wherever we pick. So I'm pretty psyched about that. Nice. Yeah.
4: Do you think you guys yeah, will I mean, stay yeah. in the same town or are you going to?
2: Uh, you know, I mean, your mom's there. I, I now, like the right? area. Yeah. I like the area. I like being, I, my proximity to, proximity to the city is great. Um so I I can see myself being in the same area. I mean, you know, we 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 look at places every so often and mm. they're all in the or in this in the same vicinity, you know. So, mm. I'm not we're not planning on going far. Do you
4: have any interest of having your shop at your home?
2: Like uh I'd like a i would like I like a shop. I, like sh- I I mean, ultimately, I do like or having studio. a separate shop. I definitely would love to have like uh, some place you know dedicated sculpture place for me you know some yeah definitely I would love that but having fader knives off premises from the house is nice too because I'm much more focused yeah, so. sure
3: yeah what's it like over there like prices have they gone crazy yeah, over the last couple of years
2: yeah. I, a yeah. couple of maker friends of ours are actually moving up kind of looking towards where we are we're we're far enough from the city that the prices are better it's on it's pretty close to the city and you know, most people are not having to do as much. You know, they're not having to do as much in the city, so it makes a lot more yeah, sense. But the yeah. prices are crazy. It's still it's still it's not as crazy as it was like a year and a half ago, but you know, there are deals to be had if you know, people are running fast and people are paying with cash. So it's yeah. kind of a crazy We're time. finding we're
3: finding everything prices have gone not just houses, but like everything. Prices just gone crazy. Yeah. You know, especially now we've been renovating. Obviously, so, you know materials for stuff. And the thing, is, these prices are never going to come back down, are they? You know, they've had to raise you know prices of steel and wood and all the rest. Gas. Of Nobody's going to take those prices back down. It's it's, it's
4: crazy. Really? Yeah, there was an article recently in Seattle or the east side of Seattle in Bellevue. Somebody paid a million dollars over asking for property. <sighs> Fuck. and it yeah. just doesn't make sense
2: <laughs> to me. That doesn't compute i know a realtor on the uh on the out on the north fork of long island and people are going like yeah hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking price and bidding wars are being insane and and people are paying in cash and they want to get away from the city and they want to you know most people can work from home now you know you can yeah that's the thing you don't have to i
3: think big big cities you know london and i'd imagine new york and all the rest of it that you know People are going there and they're spending a fortune on maybe, you know, renting a small apartment or flat or something to work and think, right, we'll do a few years, then we'll get out, earn the money, then get out. But people will need to do that because everybody's working from home. And, you know, some of the huge companies that my wife works for um, where she does, you know, sort of contracts for, you know, big corporate corporations, that kind of thing, they're all closing down their offices. So, you know, this… This whole property thing in big cities, I think people are just like, why would we pay that amount to be in a city when we don't need to? You know, we'd be somewhere else with a bit of space. Um, but what that does mean is everybody's thinking the same thing, so e- prices go up there as now, well. You know,
2: I am sorry to interrupt you, but your volume went from very, very low to <laughs> I was very, just very loud.
4: So, are you? Is your face? Is your mouth pointing towards the microphone? It is. There's the got to be time. something wrong with my mic. Something's
3: you know? going on I, because like... I've noticed it over the last two, three weeks. Um, my volume's Yeah, weaker, like, And I'm making a, a massive sure. effort here yeah. to to not even move my head. There's got to be something wrong with the mic. I'll check it out.
4: It could just be the cable. I'll, I'll check it yeah. out. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe he, he's facing the mic but just happens to like talk... Slightly pointed off mic. I don't know. They all come to me. <laughs>
2: they all go straight to me, and they're like, "What's going on over there?" You know. They... Now
3: I've noticed it when I'm doing the edit. I've noticed the last few weeks it's been
2: it's been pretty bad. So maybe I'll
3: just change the cable first and see what's see what's going on.
4: Everybody, we're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> and look yeah. how good. Listen History how good. You guys,
2: listen how good Morocco sounds. He, everybody, we it's sound good. Connection. Everybody. We got. We sound good. We're, we're able no problem no technical problems, so we're able to focus on having a good time. So let's get the fuck out of here. Have a couple fingers. There we go.
3: <laughs> so what's this what's this one gonna be called? We need a good title. What's that come up with? A bit of a finger.
2: What's, what's, <laughs> I mean oh you know, my, we I, at some point we're gonna have to we're gonna have to, you know, account for our you know, some of our you know titillation, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe we should back it off a of hair. We don't want it to be like, you know, yeah.
0: It
3: sex sells. Well I'm I guess so. We'll see. Anyway, bye. bye for now. Have a lovely Sunday both, and I shall speak to you both very bye. soon. Bye. See ya.
2: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.